for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. It is the day after Memorial Day, June the 1st. June the 1st, ladies and gentlemen, can you believe it? The cicadas are out in Washington, D.C. How do I know this? My son is in Washington, D.C. for an internship. And uh, he used to be terrified of these things. Yeah, it was his, his most irrational fear. And uh, and he's there, and he, he actually managed to kind of change things, turn things around. Because he was, uh, I mean, it was just scary how scared of uh, the cicadas, uh, how he was. And you heard them yesterday, actually, during Joe Biden's speech. That was the only noise uh, from the crowd. Uh, at his speech in Arlington yesterday, uh, just the sound of cicadas. Usually it's just crickets, but, uh, you know, cicadas this time. Anyway, welcome to the show. If you would do me a huge favor, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson on Apple Podcasts. Do that, and also, if you wouldn't mind, put down a, uh, give me a good, good review, all right? If you got a bad review, go away, all right? But if you got a good review, put it on there. That would be, <laughs> that would be absolutely awesome. So much to get to today. Joe Biden's utter, utter, utter. Memorial Day disgrace at Arlington National Cemetery kicked off the weekend with uh, a bad joke by Kamala Harris. We'll get to all of that. Grant Stinchfield's going to be talking about it. He has some very passionate thoughts about it. And, and Grant really did a great job yesterday encapsulating what was done to our war dead and their families yesterday at Arlington National Cemetery. By the way, you want to guess how many people were watching Joe Biden deliver Memorial Day service remarks? 7,300 people on YouTube. 7,300 people. There were 1,500 dislikes and 199 likes. Now, real quick, let me compare this to my latest video on uh, the Newsmax channel on on YouTube. Uh, My latest video, which featured my show, Rob Carson's What in the World, had 50,000 views, 7.2 thousand likes, and 62 dislikes. Yeah, and and also 1,200 dislikes. Comments from fans. All right. So, yeah, the president is not resonating, certainly not acting like somebody. And the people are not reacting like someone who got 81 million votes. Okay, (laughs) okay. let's listen to a little bit, a couple little snippets from uh, Joe Biden's disgraceful speech, his woke speech. Dear God, his woke speech at Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day. The Americans of Lexington and Concord, of New Orleans, Gettysburg, the Argonne, Iwo Jima, Normandy, Korea and Vietnam, Afghanistan and Iraq, and thousands of places in between. These Americans weren't fighting for dictators. Do you hear the cicadas? They were fighting for democracy. They weren't fighting to exclude or to enslave. They were fighting to build and broaden and liberate. They weren't fighting for self. They're fighting for the soul of the nation, for liberty and simple, fair play. Simple, fair play. And what decency. does that mean? Joe, what is simple, fair play? What is that all about? Really, is that what war is all about, Joe? Simple, fair play. Unreal. Here's a little bit more. We owe the honored dead a debt we can never fully repay. We owe them our whole souls. We owe them our full best efforts to perfect the union for which they died. We owe them the work of our hands and our hearts to make real the promise of a nation founded on the proposition that all of us, all of us, all of us 
are created equal and deserve to be treated that way throughout our lives. It's going to get all sorts of wokey here. Do the wokey hokey. Democracy is more than a form of government. What is it? It's a way of being. It's a way of seeing the world. Democracy means the rule of the people. Well, we're not a democracy, you see. We're a, uh, we are a representative republic. The rule of the people. Not the rule of monarchs. Not Why did you so far have over 80 uh, executive orders then? Not the rule of the moneyed. Not okay, how did you get really, 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 really rich as a public servant? Yeah. Not the rule of the mighty. Literally, the rule of the people. Oh, Lord. The lives of I'm glad I didn't eat breakfast this morning. Billions. I'd be burping up some Egg McMuffin, I'll tell you that. From antiquity to our own hour have been shaped by the battle between aspirations of the many and the greed of the few. Oh between people's right to self-determination and the self-seeking of the dictator. Between dreams of democracy... I'm sorry, you know, I, I, uh, there's a man here who served in Washington, D.C., who is trying to fix problems that he could have fixed 50 years ago. He's talking about problems that the country supposedly, like, like infrastructure and fixing the schools and all this. Uh, and honestly, he's been in Washington for 50 years. And this is the Democrats' answer to making everything right now is the guy who's been Washington, D.C. and has done nothing but enrich his family. And I got to tell you, for someone who used to go to Arlington National Cemetery, I went there all the time. I actually got to go to the quarters of the guard of the, of the Tomb of the Unknown and meet the young men there. And, and I got to walk on that hallowed ground. And when I needed respite, when I needed some sort of escape, I would go there or I'd go to Gettysburg because I lived nearby. And if I needed some solace, I would go to Arlington and I would stand there. And I would, I would watch the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknowns. This man is an insult to the hallowed ground that those soldiers are buried on. Kamala Harris, indeed, is an insult. She should never be allowed there. But unfortunately, the office that she has gives her a pass there. Honestly, Grant Stinchfield did a beautiful job yesterday talking about Joe Biden's woke Arlington speech and what an incredible insult it was to those who died defending this country for this country and defending other countries, by the way, to bring them freedom and also the families that remain. Our democracy is imperfect. It always has been. <clears throat> but Americans of all backgrounds, races, creeds, gender identities, sexual orientations. Oh, boy have long spilled their blood to defend our democracy. Why does that have to be anything? Why does that have to be a part of it at all? Why does everything have to be some sort of identity politics, even the dead? He's got to just bring up everybody, doesn't wow. he? You see, that's Joe Biden speaking today at Arlington National Cemetery, where our nation's heroes are laid to rest. And he has the audacity to call us, America, imperfect on this day of all days. When so many Americans died for what can only be described as the greatest nation in the world. But instead of celebrating a nation worth dying for, Joe Biden opts to play to his woke base. The nation is built on ethnicity, geography, religion, etc. We were built on an idea. But every generation has opened the door a little wider. And every generation has opened a wider... Oh, it's getting, it's getting more woke here, guys. ...wider to be more inclusive. Include those who've been excluded before. Look, folks, in my opinion, his quest to turn the United States military into one giant social experiment announced to nothing short of trampling on the graves of our fallen warriors. 
it honestly is, and China and Russia are laughing at us. Grant Stinchfield had Sebastian Gorka on yesterday to talk about what a slap in the face this speech was. This is like a slap in the face when I got to listen to this guy on a day like today. It's a disgrace, Grant. It is an utter disgrace. It's not a slap in Grant Stinchfield's face. It's a slap in the face of the brave men and women who represented this country, some of whom, more than a million, came home in caskets covered, draped in the flag that he stood in front of. His speech was about empathy and inclusion. <laughs> Stop, Joe. Stop. There is no place for empathy and inclusion. This isn't a glee club. The only thing the military needs is people who are fit to meet with and destroy our enemies. Period. End of story. It is, it is a tragedy that one of the last conservative bastions in the United States is now a petri dish for social engineering experimentation well, by a bunch of radicals, Grant. It really is um, just shameful. My father died in 1994. He was 72 years old. He was a World War II veteran. He was old enough to be my grandfather, but he adopted me when I was 11 years old. And yesterday I got some beautiful pictures of his grave that had been decorated for uh, for Memorial Day. Now, he did not die in battle, but he did serve in the Panama Canal. He was an anti-aircraft gunner. And if he saw what just honestly disgraceful and I'm all about inclusion, but we have to be battle ready. If we're going to survive in a very cruel world, we have no time for identity politics nonsense. We have no time, and I'm sorry, but women in the military, uh, I'm fine with it, but Kamala Harris did a bad joke this weekend at the uh, uh, Naval Academy in front of Marines and attempted to feminize the Marines. And I hate to tell you, if you're in the Marines, uh, ladies, you need to be more masculinized. It is not about feminizing the Marines. There is no room for feminization when it comes to battle. We should not, the men should not adapt to femininity and add feminine traits to their repertoire when they go to battle. Women should adopt masculine traits. Wars are won by masculinity. That's the way it is. Here's a little bit more with Sebastian Gorka comparing Ronald Reagan to Joe Biden yesterday at Arlington. The smallest margin of error separates a live man from a dead man. And in war, of course, they are the first. No, it's whether you're trans. So, you know, if you're on the battlefield, you have to walk out there and say, hey, listen, I am a, uh, a non-binary trans amputee, whatever. And usually the only ones to pay. The president and the Congress may suffer bad news stories. The military man suffers the death of his friends early and often. End quote. I want each of you to know that this president understands and appreciates the job. You can't shoot me. I'm non-binary, bisexual, something. That you'll be doing. Yeah. Uh, Dr. J, no transgender talk. Uh, no woke culture talk, no inclusion, no empathy. Talk about a fighting force right there. Yeah, because Ronald Reagan served uh, during World War II. He understood that you put on the, the cloth of the republic 
to serve something greater than yourself. This speech from this senile old man who didn't write the speech, but, but he stumbled through it on the teleprompter, is about his ideology, his party's radical ideology. That recruiting video that Brian Babin mentioned, the, you know, the corporal in the army who's so proud she went on LGBT marches with her two quote-unquote mothers. Number one, you can't have two mothers. It's biologically impossible. Number two, it's not about you, buttercup. It's about the nation. It's about serving something greater than yourself. This is a travesty of what this day is meant to symbolize, which is honoring those who made the greatest sacrifice for us, not because of an ideology, but because they love this nation right. so much. Just when you think the country could not be debased more, I really believe that they've hit a new low. When you take the sacrifice of those who died for the country and you attempt to make the military woke for political purposes, there is nothing lower. I don't believe there's anything lower. Taxpayer-funded abortion, that's pretty low. But doing this to our military on this sacred, sacred holiday, I don't know how bad or how worse that could get. I live in a neighborhood where the HOA went out and took six-foot PVC pipe with flags on it and stuck them in front of every home in the neighborhood. And it was wonderful. And I spoke to many people yesterday, and I think maybe, maybe this year, Memorial Day meant more to patriotic Americans because we are so under attack and our country is out of control. We know it, we do not like it, and we're ready to stop it. We are ready to stop it. Wake up. Rob Schmidt's show yesterday had Alan West, uh, uh, Colonel Alan West, on to talk about uh, Donald Trump versus Biden on Memorial Day. Donald Trump released a statement said America's warriors are the single greatest force for justice, peace, and liberty, and security among all the nations ever to exist on Earth. God bless our fallen soldiers and sailors, Coast Guardsmen, Airmen, and Marines. We honor them today, forever, and always. I mean, do you miss them yet? Yeah, what an incredible <laughs> juxtaposition between uh, two individuals, the president and the vice president right now, who basically think that Memorial Day is just a long weekend. It's just a great vacation. Yep. It's just the beginning of summer and mm. barbecues and hot dogs and, and uh, things of that nature, retail sales. But what um, this Memorial Day is really about is the opportunity for us to just reflect back and remember much the same as those words from Saving Private Ryan earned this. Earn this sacrifice, earn this commitment that these few men and women have done, the last full measure of devotion, so that we can be here, so that we can raise our children and our grandchildren. And when I hear Joe Biden talk about, you know, democracy and not a dictatorship, here's the guy that had signed, what, close to 80 different executive orders. And we're suffering because of his executive order on open borders policy here in Texas. Unreal. Uh, by the way, um, the gentleman who shot Osama bin Laden, killed Osama bin Laden, even though Joe Biden didn't want to do it, by the way. Joe Biden did not want to do it. He was against it. Uh, but he's been wrong about everything. He appeared on Newsmax and talked a little bit about uh, Kamala Harris and the fact that she, at the beginning of the weekend, said, enjoy the long weekend. Okay, It's Memorial Day weekend. Everybody knows what it's all about, except for young people who haven't been taught. She tweets out a picture of her mug with enjoy the long weekend 
Here's how he reacted to that. Yeah, you know, it is one thing, though, uh, when an average person misses the point of Labor Day, but an entire Memorial Day is what she meant. Vice President of the United States is missing the point. Kamala Harris earlier today tweeting this. Enjoy the long weekend. And you can see that she uh, chose to highlight herself despite never having served (laughs) rather than highlighting, as you said, the men and the women who made the ultimate sacrifice for this country. What is your reaction to that? I just I think a lot of people in this administration, a lot of people on the far left, like the vice president are. They just have different views. They'd they'd much rather praise social justice warriors than actual warriors. (laughs) And uh, I mean, we're at a point right now. Again, I I try to stay as positive as I can, but we're at a point now because a lot of this this uh, wokeness that the truth doesn't that the, you can lie about anything there are people that you tell them the sun rises in the east and sets in the west they'll, they'll say well that depends on your definition of the east and the west right. you can lie about anything you want to prove a political point and if you tell the truth you might just get canceled so you know i don't think the vice president uh, i think she'd rather undermine the military than praise the military and again you know that's got- you can't shred the military your entire life and then show up because you've been given an office and stand on hollow ground. That is uh, borderline ba- blasphemy. Voted into office that some of these people want. They they don't know what actual oppression and fascism is, and I, I truly hope we don't we don't need to see it. And I you know I don't believe everything on Twitter, the internet, or a lot of a lot of TV. Most people are really really good. The majority of people are good to each other. This country does respect the veterans that gave us these freedoms. This uh, this weekend, I hate to tell you, really awoken. Uh, a sleeping giant to some degree. The, the giant is already uh, pretty pretty getting awake, but this really, there's no groggy, there's no sleep in the eye. There's really, I'm just mad now. I'm just really, really mad now because many of us have family members who are in the ground who never will ever have a chance to enjoy family again. And this, this debacle. Here's her bad joke at the uh, Naval Academy graduation. You are electrical engineers who will soon help convert solar. No, you're not. You're soldiers. You are here to serve your country and possibly die for it. And wind energy into power, convert solar and wind energy into combat power. Oh, wind energy for combat power. Okay, sure, that makes sense. And just ask. Now, here's the bad joke. Any Marine today... Would she rather carry... Would she? See, I'm getting all cute and everything, because she... 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled-up solar panel. And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel. And so would he. (laughs) (laughs) Not funny. Uh, there's There's no time for the feminization of the Marines. There's just no time for it. Nothing against masculinity. Nothing against femininity. By the way, I am masculine. Okay? And, it, and my masculinity is not toxic, by the way. There's no such thing. It's nonsense. I'll tell you what. You know, if, if there's toxic masculinity, there's toxic femininity. When you, you know, when your wife decides to redecorate the house because she saw Chip and Joanna, that's pretty getting pretty toxic. Enjoy the long weekend. Wow. Unbelievable. It was a uh, it was a crazy weekend. There was other stuff we'll get to here on the uh, on the show, but I do want to mention that um, in case you didn't know, the uh, the media is acknowledging that Donald Trump was right 
to investigate China as the source of the Wuhan virus. And you know why? Because see, they have a level four biohazard uh, experimental station in Wuhan where the virus got out, where three of the uh, people who worked there uh, got the virus on November of uh, 2019. Donald Trump, it, it was a no duh. It was Hockham's razor. The shortest line is right there in front of your face. The answer is right there on your face. You just have to lift your mask and you have to look at it. John Carl on ABC said one of the most outrageous and stupid things I've heard on a network television in a while, admitting that Donald Trump was right in a really backhanded sort of way. And yes, I think a lot of people have egg on their face. This was an idea uh, that was first put forward by Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State. You know, if you look at the egg on their face from following the Russia collusion story and the two impeachments, uh, uh, let me see, and covering Hillary's server and all, and, and d d dismissing, by the way, um, election fraud in 2020, I'd say you have more than egg on your face. You have like a quiche on your face, maybe with an omelet on top of it and a couple sunny sides. Donald Trump and... Look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. That's what he said. Let's hear it again. And look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. What about Joe Biden saying that the border situation is under control? I would say that's a lie. And there was, because Trump was saying so much else that was just out of control. No, not really. Because he was, uh, you know, making a, a, a frankly racist appeal talking about Kung flu and, and the- He never said Kung flu, actually. China virus, his- He did say China virus. You know why? Because the virus came from China! Notion that, that, that put forward that this may have or he said flatly that this this came from that lab was widely dismissed but actually by the mainstream media uh, because you know why because donald trump said it there's some real reason we don't know by the way we still don't know oh, you're we absolutely don't you know are full of it. Uh, but now serious people are saying but by god we know that the election was fair and there was no any type of election fraud needs a serious inquiry wow honestly Unreal. Here's a little bit more from uh, uh, Martha Raddatz with John Carl on ABC. But a lot of talk this week about the origin of COVID again. Tom Cotton especially and many people in the Trump administration said it originated in the lab in Wuhan, China, not with bats. They're taking a second look at that. Um, do some people have egg on their face? And why does this matter? Well, I mean, look, it matters for the same reason we were talking about the January 6th commission. We should find out what happened. This was Yeah, and this is, by the way, the January 6th commission uh, fortunately failed because it's built on a lie that there was an insurrection at the United States Capitol. There was an attempt to overthrow the government. You can't do that when you don't have weapons. Uh, one of the greatest crises our country has ever faced. That's a lie. You're lying. We should know the start. The world. You're a liar, liar. Your pants are so on fire. Never faced. We need to. I think your shirt's on fire too. Know how it started. And your underpants, by the way, not a, not a pretty picture. Uh, Representative Kat Kemick, who, by the way, is just fantastic. She reveals why the media said no to Donald Trump saying the virus came from China, uh, even though the virus came from China, and uh, most probably the lab. No, I'd say I'd say pretty much 100% the lab. You know, I think it's pretty incredible that we've even gotten to this. That's my constitutionally protected opinion. Point When the media and this current administration has such a, a, a disdain for our former president, President Trump. Do you realize that state governors restricted and banned the use of hydroxychloroquine because Donald Trump said that it appeared to be working elsewhere? Do you realize that hundreds of thousands of lives could have been saved 
could have been saved. But the media said, oh, hydroxychloroquine is not good. It's not going to work. It has worked. It is a proven medication around the world to treat malaria, and it worked beautifully. I have two friends who stayed off of respirators because they got hydroxychloroquine. And they're willing to bend the truth uh, to, to really fit the narrative that they're... Hundreds of thousands of people died. Elderly people whose lives could have been saved in nursing home, they died because there were there was a drug treatment. There was a... Uh, 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 Contra, what is it? Uh, a contraceptive. It, it would have prevented it. There you go. I'm not a medical professional. Can you tell? Pushing. That says a lot about the current state of affairs. But listen, as a member of the Homeland Security Committee, I can tell you that we are committed to finding out the truth. And I think every American, regardless if you're Republican or Democrat, you would want to know exactly what the origins of this virus was. It's the only way that we can actually move forward and be better prepared. No, because we have to say the opposite of Donald Trump. For the we can't make him look good. Evidence next uh, pandemic or the inevitable next attack. And the fact that the media was so quick to dismiss this just because the Trump administration was investigating the origins and had suggested and actually had evidence that pointed back to that Wuhan lab. <laughs> and they killed the investigation as soon as Joe Biden took office. It's pretty disgusting. So I think there's a whole lot of crow that they have to eat at this point. Oh. And again, it feeds right into this narrative that Americans have been uh, understanding for some time now is that the fake news is out there because they are so quick to push their own narrative rather than the facts. It honestly, and it's, it's not just about bias. It's about people's lives. This is from Jim Holt, Gateway Pundit, which I really enjoy. New evidence proves Dr. Fauci and CDC prevented use of proven drug on COVID-19 as hundreds of thousands died. On December 5th, my friend Eric found out he had contracted coronavirus in his nursing home. Eric was kept in isolation in his assisted living apartment since March when the pandemic made its way to the U.S. Despite the historic efforts by the American president, Eric was 81. He was overweight, diabetic, and was suspected to have Parkinson's. Eric was in poor health and declining before the virus. He was the exact type of person you'd want to protect from the virus that is lethal for seniors and less lethal than the seasonal flu with children and young adults. The nursing home did not give him any prophylactic, was a contraceptive, prophylactic medications for coronavirus unless the patient started to experience symptoms. How could it be that after nine months and over 300,000 related deaths at the time that the medical community had nothing for seniors and the obese to help them before the disease could advance and take their lives? Two weeks later, I returned from a trip. I heard Eric's condition had worsened a day later. They put Eric in the hospital and two days later, on December 31st, my dear friend, Eric Younger, died. He was 81. Cardiologist and professor of medicine, Dr. Peter McCullough, testified in Texas earlier this year. He sees COVID uh, patients and says 85% of COVID patients given multi-drug treatment plan recover from the disease with complete immunity. The pandemic could have been over by now, he says. If those who tested positive for COVID had been immediately treated before they fell ill enough to be hospitalized, he also says that thousands could have been and still could be saved if treatment protocol he and other physicians use were not suppressed. I don't even have a wow on that one. I just don't even know what to say. 
you know, a lot of people were out having picnics and, and a lot of people were, uh, you know, maybe setting off some fireworks and, you know, having a hot dog and all that stuff. And, uh, and uh, some people were visiting their loved ones who, uh, who have passed over Memorial Day weekend. But in, uh, in uh, Tulsa, they had a wonderful little, I guess you could call it maybe a really violent, uh, white-hating um, uh, picnic. Uh, black Lives Matter, uh, well, maybe not Black Lives Matter, but certainly the new Black uh, Panther Party and the new Black Liberation Militia, they showed up down there and the Panther Special Operations Command showed up in Tulsa. They're commemorating the Tulsa massacre race massacre a hundred years ago by the way and it was awful everybody agrees of course but uh, the speaker who by the way not a terribly good uh, public speaker and i wouldn't uh, expect him to get like a, the cure from cancer i don't think he could actually invent it because he's not doesn't sound like a terribly bright man uh he says that basically they should kill everything white in sight He's talking about the time of the rat-a-tat-tat, which I'm assuming is a semi-automatick weapon. Going to kill everything white in sight. There you go. That's that's a that's a loving rally, and you know what? Uh, racism doesn't exist. Only uh, white people are racist. This is all you should know about that. Uh, they, they broke into song actually. I think this is the song that they all they all sang. Gonna get me a shotgun and kill all the white as I see. Okay, everybody, sing along. Gonna get me a shotgun and kill all the white as I see. One more time. Gonna get me a shotgun and kill all the white as I see. And then they decided they decided to do a little uh, reggae vibe. Kill the white people. the crowd laughing they're just having a good old time kill the white people oh, we gonna make them hurt kill the white people yeah. yeah but by my record first thank you SNL for those sound bites it really didn't happen in Tulsa I know I, I'm a little dead man at time but uh, that really wasn't the, the people there what the, the people there said at the rally uh, was a lot worse actually than the SNL skits that I just played for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you want to get a little more racy just a little more racy alright Patrice Cullors the uh, founder of Black Lives Matter I think I have her theme song actually Okay, so Patrice Cullors, the uh, founder of Black Lives Matter, who quit Black Lives Matter because she spent $3.1 million on four homes in the last couple of years in mostly white, I mean like lily white neighborhoods, like so white you'd need sunglasses to look when you go for a walk in the neighborhood, even on a cloudy day. Really, even on a cloudy day. Well, back in 2015, she said that... She said that uh, Israel should be uh, destroyed, actually. Did you know that? Yes. She said that uh, Israel needs to be destroyed, needs to be getting rot- gotten rid of. Here are her comments to, that shows that she's not only racist, uh, she's not only Marxist, but she's a terrible, terrible anti-Semite who wants all the Jews killed. Um, the other thing I'll say is Palestine is our generation in South Africa. And if... <laughs> if, if we don't step up uh, boldly and courageously to end the the imperialist project that's called Israel, um, we're doomed. Let's hear uh, that again. Boldly and courageously to end the the imperialist project that's called Israel, um, we're doomed. There you go. That is, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Cullors. Wow. 
I mean, uh, when your movement is based on hate, I'm not thinking that movement's going to last much longer. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Okay, so we had some great guests on Newsmax over the weekend. Um, oh, this is pretty interesting. You know, more and more as we see Joe Biden stumble and bubble and fumble and all that stuff, we realize that he is in a state of cognitive dis- uh, decline, which the mainstream media is not acknowledging. It's, it's kind of funny that way. Uh, the emperor is naked. He's on a parade float. He is uh, surrounded by a marching man, a marching, marching man right there in front, a jugglers on either side. Uh, I should bring attention to the uh, the naked emperor on stage, but the mainstream media uh, doesn't get it. Well, more and more it's looking like Kamala Harris will be the president of the United States at some point. Could happen before the end of the year. That's my prediction. Again, constitutionally protected. Rick Grinnell appeared with uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talking about the possibility of president. Hold on. Okay. Breathe. I'm going to say something right now. That may, put your, if you have a beverage in your hand, a particularly coffee, you will do a spit take. You will do a spit take. You will cough it up. You'll spit it all of your clothes. Maybe the person next to you in the car. Stop. The possibility of, ready? President Kamala Harris. Do you have reason to be worried about the idea of her as commander in chief? Well, first of all, let's God. just make clear that if you think that the media in Washington, D.C., pushing propaganda is uh, a problem. Wait until you get a hold of the Sacramento reporters pushing propaganda. We have a one-state system here in California. Kamala Harris has not been put forward in any way to the media to be scrutinized. Uh, She's not unique in that. It's most Democrats in California, because we uh, have a one-party system. They just go through their career, and they actually never get pushback or tough questions. What we're seeing now is Kamala Harris uh, really stumble on the national stage. Whether it's you know uh, her inability to go down and communicate uh, on the border why she's uh, in charge or what the problems are or articulate why she's not going to... She's the border czar, but she's never been to the border. They'd be like being the uh, NFL commissioner and not going to a game. Physically be there, or now what we see is her stumbles where she's not quite able to articulate... Or the president of Ford Motor Company uh, driving a, uh, a Toyota. Patriotism the way that others are. Uh, and, and by the way, in Sacramento, with the progressive left, <laughs> let's be very clear. When you become someone who loves your country and and articulates patriotism, you are at risk of being called a nationalist yeah. or a racist. Yeah. And so what happens... Everybody's racist. ...is politicians like Kamala Harris, they avoid it. Look at me the wrong way. You're, you're going to be a racist. They, they don't wear their patriotism uh, up front like many other politicians do. Now, look, we can have a debate... Because they hate the country. ...debate on whether or not that's good or bad. I think it's very bad. I think when you're a leader, you need to articulate your love for your country constantly and the values of sacrifice... Uh, for those before us, freedom isn't free, as the saying goes. Oh, uh, is that the is that the sleeping giant waking up? Yeah, yeah, getting ready to go do a, a quad shot latte there, sleeping giant. A little bit more from Rick Grinnell. And just ask. Oh. Any Marine today. And here is her speech about the feminization of the Marines. Would she rather carry twenty pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And I am positive. How about, it, uh, how about a, uh, an AR-15? Uh, how about that? How about an M-16? She will tell you. They don't run on batteries or solar power. A solar panel. And so would he. 
<laughs> you are quite, you're a really dull class. There's Joe Biden falling on his face. Nobody laughed. A, because he plagiarized a line that was used very successfully by Ronald Reagan. But also, the military, they don't like these two. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? You know, if you have to explain a joke like that or you have to react to the crowd like that, it's time for you to go. Thanks for coming out tonight, guys. Make sure to tip your bartenders and waitresses. Our main act is coming up next. Now, to be fair, these were attempts at humor. It's easy for conservative media to pile on and replay these clips over and over. But to me, it seems like there's something more, something deeper there, uh, really being out of touch with our military. And our military, they don't like them. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's, it's what their go-to is, is these progressive, you know, solar panel jokes or... Uh, constantly thinking about the Green New Deal and, in, and yeah. putting that into the military. Um, I, I think that the idea that she's prepared to lead the country is a joke. She's never been put through the rigor. Uh, she's really unaccustomed <laughs> to tough questions. You'll notice that she's not meeting the press. She's not going out because she's just really used to having the comfortable Sacramento or California press cover her, which means she gets glowing reviews for anything she does. Now that she's in Washington, certainly she still has the uh, progressive D.C. reporter type glow all around her, but she's now having to face conservative media or real journalism. It's about time. It is about time. Okay, let's move on to other stuff. Critical race theory being uh, taught in schools around the country and parents are standing up and they're saying, no, I'm not going to have my child who is colorblind, who has friends of color, or if you're a, a kid of color, you have white friends. I know, crazy, right? When I lived in Washington, D.C., my kids went to a school that was 10% white. They never thought about color. They didn't care about color. My friends, best friends, I called them the United Nations, and they would make fun of stereotypes. One of them would say, you know, well, you, you know, you can't jump. And the other kid said, well, yeah, at least my dad doesn't, you know, work in a convenience store. And it's the kind of stuff they did. And we've got a group of white liberal, predominantly cul-de-sac living liberal women who created this, Karens. And I, and I said this in 1995 on the radio. I, said, I called them the Dawn Patrol. They were willing to step up and be offended for everybody. Okay, they're the reason why the Washington Redskins are now the Washington football team. If you ask Native Americans, I don't care they call them Redskins. It doesn't matter to me. But that's what that's what it's all about. Here is Grant Stinchfield talking about. Uh, well, he had a special guest on to talk about the fighting back of some parents against critical race theory, which is racist and awful and teaches kids to hate each other. My opposition to the Marxist critical race theory instruction and practices being forced into our school systems. Stop teaching the dangerous politics of group identity. Parents and taxpayers of Rocky River see right through it. Sadly, critical race theory is actually pushing racism, and we ought to be very clear about that. Uh, in fact, I heard of one parent who marched in there and said, how dare you teach my daughter, who was biracial, that I am oppressing her, the mother yes. is white. Yes. She yes. said, in fact, if anybody is oppressing her, it's her black father who walked out on us when she was two years old, right? mic drop moment wow. uh, but that's that, that's not really what this is about this is about separating children from their parents turning them against each other and turning them against themselves i do believe that the soviet union did that they asked people to rat out their family members 
This is about hate. Hate your mom and dad. Trust the government. For children. And so what April and U.S. Pi are doing is fantastic because what they are encouraging parents to do is join together as a coalition, form some unity, form some power in numbers. Sleeping giant. Hello, sleeping giant. And go to the school boards and start pushing back. And it's high time we did that. We've been putting up with this for too long. It's it's only it's critical race theory is only the latest in all of the different evolutionary steps that they've that they've taken to to tear families apart. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That's what's going on right now. And people are getting wind of it. And they're saying, and nah, you know what? I don't think so. And, and uh, we're going to vote all you jerkweeds off of the school board. Oh, and then one more final story. And this is, this is actually, uh, it's so um, extreme. It's kind of funny. Um, a white teacher said that she is dismantling white supremacy in society by not teaching Spanish to her students anymore. She was a Spanish teacher. And, and apparently she felt that it was <laughs> cultural appropriation. <laughs> It is funny. She thought it was cultural appropriation for a white person to <laughs> teach kids Spanish. <laughs> this, is, this is fantastic. Oh, my God. Does she know that Spain is populated by uh, Caucasoids? You <laughs> just thought you should know. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Spanish, they brought the, the Spanish language to uh, Central and South America where the brown people live, you see. So... <laughs> this is so good. This is so... You know what? I, I speak French. Uh, I'm not French. I guess I shouldn't. I'm English, Irish, and German. So I could teach, I guess, English, uh, but only to white people. I don't know. I'm not even sure. I'm confused. I'm confused. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, Irish, which I can be Gaelic. I could be, maybe I can learn some Gaelic, I guess. Uh, anyway. and, and then German. I don't even I don't know. I don't even German. Is a, Jessica Bridges is a PhD candidate. <laughs> she should be roundly projected at, at the College of Education and Human Services at Oklahoma State University. She made anti-racism and white women's complicity her dissertation topic. White women's complicity. What did I tell you about Karen's? What did I tell you about Karen's? So they did this... Uh, Southern Connecticut State University, home of the mighty what? I don't know, angry, transgendered, what? Anyway, so uh, Southern Connecticut State University Virtual Women and Gender Studies Conference. That's insufferable. Uh, and it was in April and it focused on gender, race, community, and conflict, pursuing peace and justice. I bet they were all pretty much women, uh, white women. Yeah. Uh, the conference included presentations such as, are you ready for this? Diverging feminism, engaging transnational translational activism, sex, work, and care as resistance in the age of capitalism. That's 100% communism. Undoing the white settler, settler colonial gaze, asserting gendered, racialized, and radicalized body autonomy. Can you imagine going to this conference? You would probably, and you may not be suicidal going to the conference, but you'd be like, wow. Understanding your vicarious trauma during COVID-19 and beyond and igniting social justice, community engagement, and diversity within the neoliberal academy. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine? Can you even? You couldn't plug your ears and hum la, 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 loud enough for the stupid to get into your head. Here is this white Spanish teacher uh, talking about how she gave up teaching Spanish because it was racist because she's white. Racism originates with and is perpetuated by white people learning Spanish from a white woman. I wish I could go back and tell my students not to learn power or correctness from this white woman. I would tell them to stand in their own power. White isn't right. Wow, this is, uh, 
This is really deep self-loathing. Constructing our emotions. I'll bet she has several cats. Around acknowledging our whiteness and white privilege through the lens of grief and the process of grief. We talked about mourning our white morality. I'm holding myself accountable to this journey. (laughs) Part of my accountability is to continue to struggle and grapple with my internalized white supremacy. Oh, dear Lord. Dismantling white supremacy in society looks like dismantling in my heart first. It means I'm not going to teach Spanish. Accountability is ongoing because there is no end to the process. Okay, now, for those of you who can't see this, she was actually on a Zoom call with, are you ready for this? Five other white women. (laughs) That's diversity. (laughs) That is absolutely, you know, maybe because the Hispanic uh, person is sitting there going, God, this is really stupid, actually. This is really, really, really stupid. (laughs) Here's a little bit more about uh, the white Spanish teacher and, uh, and, and the other outcasts during this Zoom call. That can't be the goal. We need to attract anti-racist teachers. Yeah, you know, 99.999% of teachers are already anti-racist. We need to be aware of who we're drawing into schools. Um, And there already is a lot of focus on recruiting. The only thing positive coming out of this group is cat adoptions. Lots and lots of cat adoptions. And retaining more teachers of color. Based on this study, we can say that one of the ways to do that is through some How many cats do you have? Oh, 12? And you want four more? Um, Are you a really guilty white woman? Approved! Incentives. Um, But we in teacher preparation also need to do a better job. We need to talk about what a good school is, not from the perspective of test scores. How about you just teach the kids the basics? All right? And how about kids who are successful have to pass tests to show that they're being successful? How about that, Kitty? I mean, uh, ma'am? From the perspective of teachers being engaged in communities. And there's a lot that we can do. No, I don't care to be engaged in the community. Just you stay in the school building and I'll send my kid there and you teach them the math and the English, uh, you know, even if they're brown people, you know, yeah. There's a lot that some, that some of us are already attempting to do to engage teacher candidates in communities to learn about communities and to teach through an equity anti-racist lens i am gobsmacked slack-jawed crestfallen to some degree freaked out real quick i'm a spiritual person dear god please make sure that none of the women on this panel stay in education educating children amen okay <laughs> oh, by the way, this, uh, this meeting um, uh, started off with land acknowledgement, which is a formal statement that recognizes and respects indigenous peoples and as traditional stewards of this land and the enduring relationship that exists between indigenous peoples and their traditional territories. I mean, can they be guilty about anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Oh, by the way, the, uh, the, the teacher, the Jessica, who couldn't teach Spanish to brown people and she regrets it because she's... Uh, psychotic and needs some medication and possibly institutionalization says that she pledges to be a white ally and an anti-racist co-conspirator no co-conspirator yeah co-conspirator okay there is an entire regiment of meds that i would recommend that she start taking so she doesn't hate herself as much as she does but she clearly hates herself a whole lot but she loves her cats yes she does she loves her her cats all 
57 of them in the in the garbage-strewn home that she lives in. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for the show today, guys. Greatly appreciate you joining me. Thank you for watching Newsmax. Newsmax is growing by leaps and bounds. It is at NewsmaxTV.com if you want to check out all the shows, when they air, etc. And also, if you go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast, you can see all the platforms that the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson is on. So check that out. But most of all, if you would, please go to Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily, and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily, subscribe. And if you don't have 50 cats and you are not on antipsychotic medication, leave me a very positive review. That would be really, really big. That would be huge, okay? Guys, thank you for joining me today. God bless you. God bless America as founded. God bless those who gave their lives for this country. Sleeping giant, hello. I'll see you and you'll hear me tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.